Gathering Church. We're so glad you're here. Thanks for joining us again this week. It's Bob Kimball and me, JJ, John Jordan, and uh, we're going to continue our look at Psalm 91. Uh, I hope that you were able to see last week's uh, message, and if you didn't, uh, you can go back and watch it on the podcast. Um, so we started looking at Psalm 91, and I think I'll uh, start by just reading through it again. Okay. And then we'll do a really quick recap of the subjects that we hit last time, and then we'll uh, continue. All right. Sound good? Let's do it. All right. Psalm 91. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him. For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you in his wings, with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though 10,000 are dying among you, these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home, for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with long life and give them my salvation. So last week, Bob, we got to hear uh, a lot of your story mm -hmm. about um, when Carrie had her aneurysm and uh, kind of the background on where that started and the path that you've been on that, that uh, um, took you through Utah and then finally back to Dallas and a long time in the, in the hospital here yeah. and then back home. Uh, we talked last week about how you were able to find rest in that and how... Um, how, you, how we looked at, um, you know, rescue and protection uh, and the promises of God in this passage and, um, and, and how those things are uh, sometimes can feel a little bit contradictory to our, our experience, our life experience in this earth, yeah. but that our salvation, ultimately it's our salvation in Christ, uh, that is the rescue yeah. that we hope in. So today I'd like to, uh, to continue um, looking with verses 5 and 6 where, um, and, and it's very, I think, timely in this, uh, you know, whole coronavirus thing because, mm -hmm. you know, as of, as of today, we're, we're well over 200,000 people in the U.S. that have coronavirus and, uh, you know, so many thousands of people have passed away from that. And it's, uh, you know, it's ravaging through, especially like, um, uh, you know, extended care um, facilities where elderly people live and, and it's a big problem. And the, the Bible tells us here 
in Psalm 91, it says, Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in the darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. And the, the Hebrew scholars call this the, the plague passage, the plague psalm, mm -hmm. uh, because it, it just reminds us not to fear those things. Mm -hmm. So why, why is it that God tells us not to fear these things, yet here we are? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, That's an easy one. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, what the, what the Lord, what I, what I believed before, but what I feel intently now because of the experience I've been through um, is we've been through really an unprecedented period of peace and prosperity in the U.S. Uh, if you look over world history, uh, it's, it's, it's unprecedented. Um, the, the pestilence and the fighting and the abuse, uh, poor leadership and rulers over people, uh, genocide around the world continues today. Um, we're, you know, we've been pretty fortunate. And the, rea the reality is that most people don't, don't live that way. And they're, they're around the world. And Carrie, Carrie and I got a, um, you know, real severe dose of, of your life's ch changed forever. And, you know, when you think about it, um, uh, my day's changed. You know, I used to get up and Carrie would bring me uh, coffee and usually breakfast. I know she spoiled me. And she would probably <laughs> not admit to that in today's culture, you know. Um, but she spoiled, I was spoiled boy. And she took care of everything I needed. So I focused on uh, our work and teaching and working in the church and, and, and different things. And really she took care of everything else. And it's, it's now I get to try and do all of that. And you guys have to take care of me, right, at work. And um, and now I'm, I'm learning how to, I'm really fast with laundry and I can whip <laughs> up a quick breakfast and I can do showers for two really fast now with a <laughs> handicapped shower chair and, and learn how to get in and out of the restrooms and all those things. And uh, it's hard and it's new for me, um, but it's sweet. And what I'm learning is that our, our hope and our, our, salvation and the promises in scripture for that long life or our eternity with the Lord. Our time here uh, and the trials we go through, if we embrace them and we look for the joy in the trials and we look for all the sweet people that God's going to put in our path, but we have to let go of everything here. Mm -hmm. uh, we have to let go of our uh, idea of what God's plan was for our life. And this was not on the radar screen as God's plan for Carrie's life or my life. Mm -hmm. um, but it's still sweet. It's still lovely. Uh, there are so many more people in my experience now who have loved us unconditionally, um, who have fed off of Carrie, who have fed off of the love that you guys have poured on to us when we were in the hospital, the way we love her as a result, uh, we've never not been by her side. We have fought the healthcare system. Um, and not, you know, they're not being mean, they're just, they've never seen anything quite like this crew around Carrie. And I do mean a crew. And so 
the Lord has taught us and is teaching us to, to be unselfish and to focus on what her needs are at a very detailed level. The level of detail to take care of someone who has no ability to take care of themselves uh, is amazing. What, you know, things that you would never think that you have to care about, you know, bed sores and how do you prevent those? And if you, you know, every day, skin care and oral care and wound care and hair care, I mean, it, it's on and on and on. But it's, it's, it's a tough trial. Um, but the, the richness of life and relationships are so much deeper, much deeper. And to a level that I don't really think you could probably experience without a trial. Now, if you if lose trust in God and you become bitter and angry and, and you crawl into that self-pity and bitterness um, and, and that explodes, you're, you're going to miss all the sweetness and love because people are going to sh- shy away from that. And so if we hold on to our hope in the Lord through the trial, which is all over Scripture, by the way, I think the church, we don't spend enough time in Job. When's the last time we did a full sermon on Job? Let's do, you know, let's do six months on Job. You know, only the last three verses are hopeful. The rest is all brutal, right? And again, I'm being facetious. Nobody wants to spend that much time. But the reality of life is hard. And for those of you that, that get to get through this life without any kind of severe trial, uh, in a way, I almost feel like you're missing out a little bit. And maybe you're there to embrace someone else's trial, get in someone else's life path who needs your help, uh, someone in your family. Uh, I think the elderly in nursing homes, particularly our elderly that are close to us in our family, I've uh, raised a new awareness for me at how unselfish I need to be when the time comes with my mother or Carrie's mother mm-hmm. and to make sure that we do the best we can. And, you know, everyone has a different ability. I will say this. Clearly, through our experience, the Lord will give you supernatural energy, a gear you never knew you had. <laughs> you know, you just thought you were tired, right? <laughs> e- 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 there's another gear. Uh, moms and dads that are raising young children experience it. But even with young children, you have this wonderful hope of what's coming and they're learning and they're doing all these amazing things and you, you get reinvigorated by that. Well, when we're, when we're caring for the disabled or the elderly, um, it, you don't have that, it's not that same. It's, it's more of a sweetness because God has just put in you a supernatural ability to love on somebody. And, and care for those little details that you know they may not even know you're caring for, but are going to make the difference in the quality of their life in their present stage. All of that's coming out of this experience in very vivid color for me that, you know, but for this trial, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have it. I'll be a much better, better caregiver than I ever would have been without and what about this their, trial. And what about their relationships with, uh, with your kids? Um, the great blessing in this and you know the Lord knew right Um, all of my kids are in a position and I do mean all of them and I would include Ryan and Boone in my kid list Um, all of them are at a place where they can be here now for this season to minister to Carrie 
But the reality is we're ministering to each other. We're having to learn how to divide chores and have hurt feelings when um, the body language and how we communicate is a little off. And, uh, or somebody's having one of those days when their bile rhythm's down or whatever, you know. Um, and, and the reality is that when we sit around the dinner table together, we have dinner together every night. When's the last time as a family? And for five weeks or however long Boone's been here, we've, for the most part, break bread together every night. It's the most joyful time in this house. Yeah. And it's magnificent. It, and Carrie is alive during that time. And when she's there, and it's hilarious. And Cole, Carrie, we never saw Carrie laugh, and then Cole said something, and it struck her chord, and she belly laughed. And we're like, what? <laughs> We didn't know she could do that. We thought the belly laugh was gone forever. And and so she comes alive because of um, the richness of the selflessness that's going on around her. Mm-hmm. I, uh, uh, I can tell you my daughter Chloe and my kids have, have, have had to. They have not had a choice. They've had to rise to a level of selflessness and discipline um, that is unwavering and it's hard. Same for Ryan. Ryan's had Ryan's got PT at 9:30. Mama Bear's all Ryan's, and he's got to execute the physical therapy according to the protocols the therapists have given us. And Carrie's recovery uh, depends, uh, to a large extent, on the quality of the therapies that go on during the day, and they have to go on every day. And we have to squeeze all that in in between meal prep and laundry and all you moms that have been doing all this stuff are going, yeah, didn't you know that we do that every day, you know? No big deal. I can hear it. I'm going to get emails and texts saying, finally, you understand the plight. (laughs) And and, and I I say moms, there are plenty of dads that are out there that are stay-at-home dads doing the same thing. And so it's, it's, you know, I'm I'm showing my age, I guess, a little bit. But the, 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 our, my relationships with my children are different. Um, and they're deeper, and they're more special, and I and I have my adopted children that feel every bit as much uh, as my own, and the amount of love that's in this house. I've cried more. My children have never seen me bawl, <laughs> and they've seen their dad cry a lot, and I just I just lose it, and I never know when it's going to come, and it's um, I, it's just a release, and it's this process of letting go of the old life and embracing the new life. Mm -hmm. And I have a hope and a belief that the new life will be different, but it will be better and it will be richer. Mm -hmm. And the love in our company, let me ask you a question. How, how is the unit at the office different now than it was before I left? You know, responsibilities have really changed and, uh, we we've all had to like grow and um you know particularly howard uh when howard was always the sit behind the desk work with spreadsheets do the numbers work contracts he's very interactive in the field uh, but less so in the office uh, because that was your job and uh so a lot of the relational side of of you know, us ministering to each other and caring for each other, um, you led that. And uh, and then when you were gone, Howard really stepped into that role. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think his 
certainly my relationship with Howard has really grown. Mm-hmm. Um, but everybody cares for everybody else in a way that's different. Um, having you as that central communication point and kind of central um, problem solver and and visionary, we've all had to come in and take up some of those roles. So there seems to be a lot more uh, interaction around the office of people just, you know, caring for each other personally, uh, but also uh, making the company better. And, um, you know, we, we feel a, I think all of us just feel a personal responsibility that you've done so much, you and Howard have done so much for us to be able to, especially now, to be able to, to uh, still have employment. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a big, big deal. It doesn't seem like a big deal until it's in such jeopardy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's really amazing. And we all feel that we've been kind of collectively saved by, uh, you know, the hard work that we've put in together mm-hmm. and, and the the foundation that you guys have laid. So there's just a really, really tremendous uh, gratefulness uh, around the office, you know, understanding how easy it is uh, for, you know, your whole life to change and things to be completely different. And I think that uh, we don't take things for granted, you know? Yeah. Every every day for me with Carrie is a bonus. Mm -hmm. Every smile, Every little thing she does when she's able to move her arm differently or she just this week she's able to put her finger up and push her glasses and rub her nose and I'm like, yeah, praise yeah. God, I don't, I don't have to scratch her nose anymore for her. Yeah. That's one of those little things that you would never think of, yeah. but I have to pay attention to does she need her nose scratched? <laughs> and now she's on her own and she'd kind of get this weird look on her face when she couldn't move her arms. Mm-hmm. And and I didn't know what that weird look was until now I know it's either an, an eye or a nose. And, <laughs> And, and I'm like, which one is it? And sometimes you have to ask her. You know what I'm saying? So we, your victories are so joyful. Who would have thought yeah. that that would be so exciting? You know? Yeah. Um, the, the, I, I want to say that the fruit harvesting, um, all of the, you know, we joined C12 years ago. We, we, we really imperfectly, please, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to do this well. You just have to try. You know, you just try as best you can to stay in the Word every day, to pray before meetings, pray before performance reviews, pray before you speak to your children uh, in anger. You know, if you can paw, hit the pause button. But we've built um, a desire and a hope, and we've created an environment where we've invited everybody in to hope like we hope, imperfectly. Let's, let's come together and let's strive to be better people, more unselfish. Let's love on each other well. And, what we, and, and the way we do what we do, whatever it is, in the church, at work, at home, interacting in relationships, period. Let's, let's try and do that according to biblical principles, and there will be fruit that comes from that. The amazing, amazing fruit that's come from this tragedy is because of all of that, because a guy named Bob Talkington poured into me when I was a young, newly married person, because he took the time to pour into my life and help me be a better wife and husband and launched me into a pursuit of the Lord. Um, we, we formed a company and attracted all of these people, both in the, as part of the church plant and as part of the 
of the of the work who are pursuing the Lord together. And so when this happened to me, the the fruit of that years of building that is the way you guys have rallied around Carrie and I. Uh, the whole company almost flew out to Salt Lake and took care of everything. I mean, I just they said, Bob, you take care of Carrie. Everything happened. Whatever I needed, it just happened. I don't know how it happened. It happened. Clothes. Uh, uh, Deborah had to go shop for underwear. She said, that's the first time I've ever shopped for underwear for my mom. I didn't have any clothes, you know? And so, you know, we grabbed the Jeep and took off. And so it's, um, you know, I was a little stinky for a while until Deborah got there. So uh, the, the fruit that's been enjoyed and harvested uh, for us, the amount that we've had to rely on others and enjoy that that uh, provision from you, and I, and I mean that collectively from you, the church, from from the people that sweep, that leave food on our porch to encourage us and send me little text messages and emojis and don't expect anything in return. Um, it's amazing, and I went. Let me tell you, when I walk the halls of the of the critical care ICU unit. There, there were a lot of dark rooms with people staring at the ceiling um, because they're, not because their loved ones didn't love them, they were probably having to work. And because of the community around us uh, and because of all the biblical principles we've applied to our business, uh, it's, it's allowed me to, to, to love Carrie and continue our business um, and, and, and continue to just be believers and disciples of Christ through all of this um, and, and lean on that fruit that we're harvesting. So, yeah, I'm grateful. You know, there's um, there's people in our congregation and I'm, I'm certainly in our community um, who maybe are new to their faith or they maybe they're having struggles and asking questions mm -hmm. about their faith. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the, when we read passages <clears throat> like, uh, especially during this season, like verse seven in Psalm 91, though a thousand fall at your side and though 10,000 are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. Um, how do we, what if we're in the 10,000 group and not the one, not the selected one <laughs> that's, that's rescued? You know, what if we're in that group um, I, I think that, you know, that one of the last few years, there's been a lot of discussion about this feeling of entitlement, right, among, um, you know, particularly Americans. And, you know, the, the older people like to say that the younger people feel entitled, but you know what, We're, we all feel entitled, right? Yeah, we all yeah. have things that we deserve. Um, is, there a, is there a, like, sense of, you know, among believers or, or new people that are like, maybe I don't deserve this or I'm, I'm going to be one of the 10,000 because I don't have the faith or I don't, uh, I don't have that relationship or I'm not reading my Bible every day, so I guess I'm out. Yeah, no, please no. Uh, the, you know, this psalm is a song and it's a hopeful, uh, whoever penned it, Moses or... Um, it's a very hopeful thing, and it's a song, and it's 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 really not, in my opinion, in a, in a, to be interpreted, you know, literally. It's 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 our hope, and and our our hope is in our salvation. So every one of the Jewish people and the 
and and my my all my family was from Poland, and we lost uh, one of my mom's uh, half brothers was killed in Auschwitz. Um, they love the Lord, and it, you know it's a rough world we live in, and there's going to be there's going to be tough stuff happen to whether you're a believer or a non-believer. Mm-hmm. And now I do believe that there there are stories of doctors during plagues who were completely immersed in caring for the sick that had the plague and they didn't get it that the Lord chose to protect them and they should have gotten it they were completely exposed to it and they didn't get it I'm sure there will be healthcare workers that are completely exposed to coronavirus and don't get it for whatever reason the Lord provides a supernatural protection and we should pray for that um but, but that's not going to be the case for, for everybody. Those will be the rare exceptions, and they're wonderful, and they're miraculous, and we should celebrate that. Um, but the vast majority of us are going to have trials. We're going to be in the 10,000. Um, but our hope is in the long life that comes after our trial here. And, and everybody, I hope, uh, strives for that salvation, and there's... The faith of a mustard seed. You opened with that uh, mm-hmm. last time. Mm-hmm. And that mustard seed is pretty small. That's not a lot of faith. Mm-hmm. And so, it, you know, great for those that have huge faith, but um, it, 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 we're imperfect. You do the best you can. And, and let's don't project where we are onto our brethren. Big mm-hmm. mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'd like to close with this thought. Um, you know, God... As we spoke about last time, God knows every single breath that we're all going to breathe. Uh, there, there's nothing that happens in our lives that is a surprise to Him. And He has a purpose behind everything. And uh, we, we've already seen a lot of purpose behind what happened to Carrie. Um, we are going to eventually, I think, see a lot of purpose behind you know, what's happening in, you know, in, in society now with this disease. Um, what we have to remember that is that it's all uh, a part of our individual journey that you know drives us uh, to seek God. Um, in the end of the book of John, um, I think it's chapter uh, 21. So John 21, um, you know, this is the passage where uh, Peter, uh, Jesus, kind of is confronting Peter a little bit about the denial, right? So he asks Peter, do you love me? And Peter uh, Peter says, of course I love you, you know? And this repeated three times, Peter was getting frustrated with it. And um, so Jesus says, uh, is, is telling him, I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God. Then Jesus told him, follow me. So Christ was telling him, you're going to suffer, you know, and you're going to die in a way that you don't like. And then Peter turned around and saw behind them the disciple Jesus loved, the one who had leaned over to Jesus during supper and asked, Lord, who will betray you? Peter asked Jesus, what about him, Lord? 
Jesus replied, If I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? As for you, follow me. And I always think of that, you know, when whatever situation we find ourselves in, you know, maybe I'm in the 10,000, maybe I'm in the one, but what is, what is that to you? Christ says, what is that to you? You follow me. The salvation is in the kingdom, right? Right. It's in the kingdom. It's not here. Yeah. And so that's what we can rest in and that's what we can yeah. trust in. And that's where the rescue is. And that's where the protection is. It's in our eternal souls. Yeah. You want to pray us out? Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll pray us out. And there's, there's a video I hope we, we can show of <clears throat> the healthcare workers uh, loving, loving on us as we left. And they, they were cheering for us. And there were tears and hugs and clapping us out of the intensive care unit. And they said, that's not, that doesn't happen. So that wasn't us, you guys. That was the love of Christ that they experienced through Carrie. And as we exited that hospital, they were sad to see us go, although they were cheering for us. Um, uh, Carrie, in her life, in the, in the body of Christ, touched those people. And they felt it in a very tangible way. And so um, hopefully you can get to see a little bit of that. And so that, that's what we're here to do. We're here to impact other people's lives by being unselfish and and loving the Lord as best we can, you know, and then let the Holy Spirit take care of the rest. Father, we're grateful for your word. We're grateful for Psalm 91 and all the hope that's in there as we as we look forward, Father, to completing our trials and our refinement through the fire, through the valley of the shadow of death, that, that we walk through this place that can be so lovely and so terrible all at the same time, that we walk through this place arm in arm with you and with the body of believers, and that we grab as many who don't know you as we can along the way and introduce them to you and let, let the Holy Spirit do its thing. Father, we're so, so grateful for your word and your wisdom and the fruit and the love and the joy and the richness of relationships that come. And Father, we thank you for the trials, as hard as that is to say, and I wouldn't wish the trial that we're going through on anyone but at the same time, if they go through it uh, with, the, with the love and the surrounding body of Christ that we have, uh, they'll be better people for it. So thank you, Father, for everything we're going through. We thank you for the healing and restoration and the hope that we've been given. Already carries better than I ever thought she might be. So we're on to bonus time. Thank you, Father. Thank you for JJ and Ryan and all the kids and for this collective body at the gathering for their willingness just to love on us unconditionally and for all the love and support and prayers and words and meals. I'm grateful, Father, and I'm grateful for this body. And may, may I find an opportunity to return the favor sometime. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.